Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's June 24th, 2015. It's a pleasure for me to introduce to you our very special guest, Marie Rose Fonlay. And we're going to be talking today about her path um, relative to preserving healing and spiritual traditions. And Marie Rose, she has more than 20 years' experience in the film and television production industry. And she's also traveled extensively for various projects, including her award-winning documentary film, which we're going to be talking about today, which is called Talking Story. And the companion, it's the companion to her book, actually, which um, is called Talking Story, One Woman's Quest to Preserve Ancient Spiritual and Healing Traditions. Marie Rose, she's also the founder of the Healing Planet Project. It's a nonprofit organization. And the mission is, obviously, preservation and presentation of spiritual and healing traditions. So now let me bring Marie Rose onto our show. Hello there. Hello Denise, how are you? I'm just dandy. <laughs> dandy. I love that. <laughs> I want to be dandy. <laughs> you will be. You definitely will be. <laughs> I'm in one of those kind of moods. I'm in one of those moods today. <laughs> it's perfect. It's hump day. We need it. <laughs> oh, I I always like to start the show out by asking my guest, how in the world did you get on the path of preserving ancient healing traditions? And not only that, I'm very curious how you you ended up in the film and television production business. Oh, okay. Well, I would say that hmm, chicken and egg. I I uh, <laughs> wanted to work in film and television as a as a child, but then I I uh, I kind of gave in and, and wanted to be a good Asian American immigrant and, and started studying pre med in college. But then, you know, my my brother be, eventually became a doctor, and he had such a passion for it. You know, Denise and um, I realized I don't think I have enough passion for that type of medicine to be, to go through med school and all that stuff. And I realized that I had a greater passion for visual media, for telling stories, for writing. And, and so that's where I kind of diverged from from what I, sh- you know, what maybe I was told I should do and went after what I love to do. So 
I started working in, in film and television right out of college. Um, and then later on, I began to become more curious about my family's healing tradition and also about the different traditions in the world that may be endangered. So I kind of combined these two passions and set out on a journey to try to capture some of these stories before they disappear. I'm definitely going to have to see your film. <laughs> well, yeah, it's you know, it's that was kind of a, a really brief summary of how it all happened. So we can we can talk about it some more. <laughs> oh, sure, absolutely. So you had a Vietnamese mother, and she was a registered nurse, mm-hmm. and she trained in France and the United States. Yes. So yes. Um, I can see the correlation between. You know her her healing, and then your curiosity later on for other types of healing. Yes, yeah. I think in addition to her training, though, we you know we did have a family history of of things that were not necessarily considered normal. Um, my great grandfather <laughs> had the gift of sight, so he was able to um, practice the art of prophecy. And and although he was a physically oh blind man, yeah, he was physically blind, but he could. He could, you know, people would say he would be able to read people, so he could read your past, he could read your what's going on with you now, and and give a little bit of information about what he sees in someone's future. Um, and then I had an aunt by marriage who is a is a, a trans channel, so she did some healing work that way. And then my mother took a more traditional route of uh, allopathic tradition and became a registered nurse. So, um, and I think in my heart, I've always been interested in. Studying people in understanding human nature, you know, what makes one healthy, what makes one unhealthy, what makes one um, unhappy, and those kind of things. So that was kind of a, I think, a personal hobby that I had. Of always, I, I love understanding what makes people tick. So I think mm. that, I think every healer kind of has that idea. <laughs> or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you really don't want to help people unless you're very curious about what makes them tick. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. With with all the um exposure that you've had to all these different um methods mm-hmm. and the different cultures that, that actually um use these different methods, has there been any one connection that you that you see that that is consistent among them all? You know, I, I the the one thread would be that nobody separates the physical or the psychological or the emotional from the spiritual. So in every tradition I visited, those components all made up the health and well-being or the not well-being of somebody, that, that we were all, these components were all, you know, working in conjunction with each other uh, to create our experience of life. So the components all work together. They don't they don't separate yeah. they don't yeah. separate them out. Yeah, it all, Whereas, and for them yeah. yeah, I think I think for them if if you separate it out it seems like well, you're missing a whole big piece of the puzzle. So that was the one thing even if their methodology was different, 
Um, mm-hmm. That was the one common thread that I I found everywhere I went. Oh wow! Yeah, because in in, in our culture we we tend to separate them. Yeah, yeah. We can we tend we'll to be. To, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you understand that too, with with you know your your history and experience with health mm-hmm. challenges. Um, and you know, and I don't like to make it wrong either, because there is a time when you want to be reductive and kind of you know remove. Uh, kind of focus in on the one area, right, of, of what's mm-hmm, happening. Mm-hmm. But but I think the difference between how the indigenous medicine is practiced versus some of the more allopathic approaches is that every function is part of a system, you know. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I, I think even if they look at a certain area of one's body or psyche or spirit, they do look at it within the con- a greater context of your entire being. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I of course believe that that's a it's, it's a more complete picture. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What I really um, liked, I was I was reading some some things that you, you said in the past, and um, you said that someone may be cured of a disease, but mm. miss the opportunity to learn the greater lesson behind it. I just yes. loved that. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, I I feel like if there were a perk to having disease and illness, um, you know, it it would be, well, can if I at least have to go through this challenge, may I at least grow? May I at least make some sense of the suffering? And so, it's always for me, I feel a, a bit of sadness or or regret for that person when, you know, they miss that opportunity. Yeah. Well, and, and there, there's a lot that's involved with that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing a lot of research um, for my book, I, I found out that um, 10% of those that are up against a, a serious um, health challenge yes. um, never really um, come out of it. Even mm-hmm. even a traumatic experience, they, they never mm-hmm. they never recuperate from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of just a you know statistic. Um, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, what um, what is it in a in one person that they they reach a place of of peace or they reach a place of healing or a place of growth, and then some people don't. You know, I don't I don't know all the the secrets to that. I've seen um, I can point to examples, but it, it's it, it, you know, nothing is so defined as to why that is but of course I'm going to keep looking <laughs> I want to know <laughs> as do you I'm sure which is why you're doing this <laughs> yeah it is it really is a mystery I, I, I haven't found the answer either you know um, the, the only thing that I think perhaps is a component of it is negativity versus mm-hmm. you know being positive in your thinking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and perhaps yeah. they just um you know that small percentage just they get stuck they get stuck in, yeah. in the negative and they can't pull themselves yeah. up and out right or they don't have enough support you know that's that's one of the things too that I found even in the kind of the you know new age or the spiritual movement in the West there still tends to be a lot of I think Mm, belief that that you have to do it alone, that you should be able to do it alone, that it's all in you, um, and of course mm-hmm. it, it is. You know, we we have so much within ourselves, within our spirits, and the strength. 
But, boy, it does sure help when we have community, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it takes a village, personally. <laughs> I know it does for me. <laughs> yeah, I say, you know what, I know I'm high maintenance. I mean, I am high maintenance, but I know it, and I do know it takes a village, so at least I admit it. <laughs> uh, we're having lots of fun. Listeners, if you've, if you've just um, been able to join in, I'm I'm talking with Marie Rose Fonlay, and um, our subject today is about preserving the ancient healing traditions and um, and her journey, um, wherein she actually wrote a book called um, Talking Story, One Woman's Quest to Preserve Ancient Spiritual and Healing Traditions. And then there was a, um, a documentary, an award-winning one, a film that came out after that. How long ago did you make that film? You know, it. I went on my journey in the year 2000, and I actually didn't okay. finish the film until 2011. It took me 11 years to finish the film, um, and then I wrote the book after that. So my book just came out last year, but it has definitely, I mean, the journey itself was long, but not as long as the journey to finish the film and the book. <laughs> oh, and, and, yeah, you know, it's, I, it's I, expensive. I, it's expensive, and it's also, I believe I just needed that time to, process everything that was given to me in such a short period of time so you know I I, I met all these healers and I traveled within a year's period of time but then I was given so much you know so many pearls of wisdom so many transmissions of healing that uh, at the time I didn't realize it I was just feeling impatient and like the universe wasn't helping me you know how we get that way Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but but in retrospect, I understand that, in fact, you know, I was given time. I was given time, not that it was taking time, you know? Right, right, right. Was there any um, one um, healing experience that just stuck with you and you just, like, couldn't clear it? <laughs> well, there are a few, and then, you know, <laughs> there, there, there are a few in there I, I definitely had. Um, very powerful healing um, as I was exploring these traditions. I, I, I didn't at first set out to also be the guinea pig for these practices and traditions, but um, as it turned out, clearly I needed a lot of healing. So I received treatments. You know, I participated in rituals. Um, and probably the, the, the most profound uh, thing that, that occurred, uh, you know, again, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler, um, but I... <laughs> I had a very profound experience in Nepal um, in which I experienced what it would feel like to actually be a trans channel, you know, to be a medium. Uh, And that was something I didn't expect. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's taken me a long, long time to really process what that was all about um, and do write about it in the book and and visually you see it in the movie. So um, people have found that to be quite powerful but I think what's interesting is it didn't freak other people out as much as it freaked me out. You know, I when I first screened uh-huh. the film, I thought, oh, people are going to think that's so weird. But actually, <laughs> it bothered me more, it seems. <laughs> it made, made me more uncomfortable. Um, and even to this day when I screen the film, I still get uncomfortable when we get to that part of the movie. Uh, were you... Um, when that was happening to you, did you feel present or did you feel... Like you were somewhere else. 
You know, well, I, as I wrote in the book, it felt <clears throat> I, I've only been drunk twice in my entire life. Um, but it, it, but it felt like that, where you know how you're tipsy and you're you're trying to move your body and you're trying to say things, but you don't actually have a lot of control and it's embarrassing, you know, and you're going in and out of making sense and in and out of presence, and that's that's really the only thing I can kind of use to to halfway describe it, you know. Um, so I, I actually, in reality, didn't remember much afterward after this incident happened. Um, but it was only because it was on video. My my crew kept shooting that uh-huh. you know I, I had more reminders. So it, it, I, I say like it's like trying to remember a dream, you know. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's so that it's was different. <laughs> that was yeah, and that was probably more. Was it more spiritual? Uh, I mean, how how would you you know where would you where would you put that? Healing or uh, spiritual or neither? Well, <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> terrifying. Yes, yes, yes to that one. Um, I don't know that it was actually healing to something that I might have been suffering from. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the the one thing it did do for my psyche was to really say, all right, you know, if you doubt, then here you go because something's going to happen to you that's completely. You, know, you can't really write this one off. <laughs> uh, gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah, you know, so it's one of those moments where you're not really sure, you know, what what that was all about, except to say, you know, note, take note. This is important. Um, this is part of who you are, and uh, you know, you might want to think about what you want to do about this thing that happens. Um, and so it was a wake up call. I think is how I would call, I would say it. But um, it wasn't as if the entity came in to heal my body or to heal something in me. Um, and in fact, I it, it was really so, so quite traumatic. And so um, I feel it took a long time for me to heal from it. Actually, interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, it took you to a whole different level. It did <laughs> of undeniability, I suppose, within myself. So <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, you know, not so much any any kind of proof for anyone else except for me, you know, to to think, oh my God, what's happening, <laughs> you know, or mm-hmm. what well, did that really happen? And and to be honest, if I didn't have people with me and if I didn't have the video cameras rolling, there may still be a part of me that says, hey, you know, that actually didn't happen. So forget mm-hmm. about it. But I can't mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get I I totally get that. Yeah. And and I think in many ways you can kind of think of it um as if it stretched my field of perception. Does that even make sense? So Yes, it it's does. As if it I opened was, it up. Uh-huh. Yeah, as if I had this small lens and then this big energy came in and and just blew it wide much much wider. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and so afterward for a long time I felt kind of uh, very exposed and vulnerable. Um, and not actually really being able to name that or explain it. Because, um, again, in retrospect now, I see it's because I was opened up so widely that it was an adjustment, you know. Um, I suppose as if someone who had been blind all of a sudden is given the gift of sight. You know, the sun can be quite glaring, and even though it's beautiful to see, it can be quite overwhelming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you... Um actually witness a healing of of somebody else 
Yeah, I was able to witness. I actually witnessed healings everywhere I went. I saw it in Hawaii when people did some physical, medi- you know, physical medicine with a lomi lomi massage, which is a healing therapeutic massage, and that you know prayer is used for that. Um, I saw people, you know, being worked with the hot stones and being given herbal medicine. And, and then also mm-hmm. in Nepal with another, uh, the shamans there are called dummies. And there was a woman who was very sick there and um, the dummy did a, a trance channeling and, you know, did some healing uh, practices with her. And then we heard word that she had gotten better within three days. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, we we know that um here, of course in, in the US, that the the um the ancient um Indian cultures had you yeah. know, the medicine the medicine uh, they called them medicine men or women or what, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um um you know, they were healers, so Yeah, yeah. And I have it, it doesn't blessed. surprise me. Yeah, I've been blessed because I lived in New Mexico for a while um, to participate in some sweat lodges and, and healing rituals with uh, some um, Diné oh. medicine men. Yeah, um, so so it wasn't in the film, but that's something that I personally have been blessed to experience. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That had to be really neat. Yeah, and of course, you know, right now I I have a, a beautiful acupuncturist that I see and um, you know, she's helped me with a, a many, many different challenges. So, um, I'm a believer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I used, um, you know, I had my village for healing and, and I had an acupuncturist as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was just phenomenal. In fact, I think I talk about it in my book. Um, yeah. Why did you choose the title Talking Story? Well, that comes from um, a, a saying that is used in, in Hawaii, um, and it, it comes when people invite you to come over and visit. They say, let's talk story, you know, or give me a call, we talk story. And oh. um, it's just the, the healers and the people that I met with everywhere seemed to want to talk story, not to be interviewed. And so oh, I, okay. I can't, right? I quickly realized it has to be this reciprocity um not only in action but also in in the sharing of dialogue and in the sharing of of presence and so i felt that that was a really nice way to describe uh, what was between mm-hmm. the pages or in my film which is just really me just having the honor of talking story with these wise ones and and being able to um you know make it part of my personal journey in life do you um do you think that um whatever experiences you had in Hawaii kind of brought you home to Hawaii? I even though you were initially from there? Yeah, definitely. I mean I um I, when I left there I was sobbing, which felt kind of over the top for even someone as passionate as I am. Um and when I met uh, the kahuna there named Papa K, he said to me, you know, you're of this land, you're of the Aina. And I'm sure he meant spiritually. And uh, he said, and you'll be back here much sooner than you think, and you'll be back here to live one day. 
but you know, I will say that from the first moment, even before I worked on this project, I would visit Hawaii, and I always felt very much at home there, and always grieved the departure. Which I know that sounds silly because most people would be sad leaving paradise, but <laughs> it was more than just <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't want to leave the beach. It was it was something you're right. It's something very familiar uh-huh. and familial. Uh-huh. Uh, a, when I come home, people will even say, if, let's say I post a selfie or something on my social media, people will comment uh-huh. how I look so very different when I'm home in Hawaii. Isn't so it must have some kind of... like you transform. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if there's a signature uh, energy that I become calibrated to that suits me. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> I mean, I, I've traveled about, and the only place that I truly um, feel the same way is Hawaii. Oh, um, really? That's I've interesting. So many, I've been there so many times, and I always have in the back of my mind that I, I'd love to, you know, when I retire, I would love to, like, live there. Not full-time, mm-hmm. though, but, That's right. you know, like right. like half-time, yeah. Do you have a favorite island? Um, no, I don't. I haven't really found. I really haven't really found that. I mean, uh-huh. the, the the fun place is Oahu, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know that um, I'd want to live on Oahu because it's getting yeah. awfully crowded. It is. It is. Well, you'll have to come to the Big Island and visit me, and we can talk story in person. <laughs> so you're on the Big Island of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huh? Yes. Now, isn't Hilo yeah. there? Um, I'm on the Kona side, and Hilo okay. is there. You're right. Mm-hmm. Hilo's on the other mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And the live volcano, so Madame Pele is there to keep us all company. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> well, one of the things about the Big Island, because of the volcano, it's definitely a place for transformation. Um, I mm-hmm. used to uh, lead retreats there, and when people came, it was very powerful, very intense. In other words, if you oh. have something to clear, she, will, Madame Pele, will help you clear it out. And it's she's not a gentle kind of goddess, you know. She's it's not a gentle force. It's pretty much if you got business to do, let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's fiery mm-hmm. and. At the same time that she destroys, she's also building new land every day, you know. So, oh, that's very true. Yeah, so there's this beautiful um, idea of being able to embrace this apparent duality of destruction and creation. So, of course, that is transformation, isn't it? Yep, yep, it is. It really is. He's probably done that the a earth. couple times. <laughs> Gone through the What would you like our listeners to know about all these different healing and spiritual um, methods that are out there today? You know, I would say that this has really worked for me, that... There is something to prayer, to requesting the the things that would give you the greatest help and the greatest mm-hmm. support. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, things become revealed. And so it's more accessible than one thinks. In other words, people don't have to go on a, a global you know, walkabout to find healing. It is more accessible. Now, we're very blessed because there's been a lot more um, consciousness about it, a lot more 
knowledge, and even a lot more scientific research about the efficacy of these various types of of um, practices. And and mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. great medicinal value. And so I think that we're almost ready to get rid of this duality of you know allopathic medicine versus quote unquote natural medicine. And you know, it, it's it's just a kind of a silly for me a silly uh, delineation. It really just is about, for me, these are all gifts from God or from the one or from the universe. And it's all Mm -hmm. about, you know, what is appropriate for what you got going on, you know? So I would like people to know that you don't don't have to wait and go to Peru and get ayahuasca in order to heal. Um, You know, that there there is healing available. And so stay faithful because it, it, it really is there and available. The other thing I would say is remember that healing is a collaborative process. So if you go to someone in hopes that they'll fix you, you know, that's like, trying to to do something, you know, with one arm tied behind your back. When you're both Mm -hmm. working on it in collaboration, in an empowered collaboration and partnership, there's a greater chance of healing, a greater chance of efficacy. And I and I think that's something that sometimes people miss. I don't know if you've you've run into that, Denise, when you've talked to people about (laughs) you know, about your own healing other people's healing journey. Well and I think I think what's really um, fascinating is when when somebody needs to heal, mm-hmm. a commitment needs to be made on yes. what that process is going to be. And if there is no commitment and it's just, oh, I'll try a little of this and I'll try a little of that and maybe some of yeah. that over there and a dab right. of this, yeah. Um, yeah. the frustration comes in. Yes. And a lot of times it slows the healing process. So commitment right. is one of the top priorities in my eyes. Yep, that's one of my favorite words in the entire universe, commitment. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, mm-hmm. you need it for everything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's If you want to get anything done, if you want to experience anything, if you want to set your mind to something, you have to commit. You know, if you want to have a mm-hmm. healthy relationship, mm-hmm. you have to commit. You want to have a healthy body, you have to commit. And I, I it always kind of blows me away how much people kind of think they can do it without that. <laughs> In my mm-hmm, mind, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the point mm-hmm. of, of setting out on any journey if you're not committed? Even if your commitment is to have a walkabout with no agenda, that's a commitment, you know? So yeah, I don't yeah, it's, I, it's I don't necessarily true. mean that, that one has to be uh, uberly structured. That's not what I mean. I just no. mean in your heart, between you and yourself and your higher power, mm-hmm. you know, what is your commitment? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. When I worked with people one on one, or when I've just worked on projects, you know, the, the times that things didn't work very well was because someone or some or a few people uh, on a team or anything, even in sports. When I played sports, it, someone wasn't committed <laughs> or wasn't as committed as the That's rest right. of the people, <laughs> you know, in the mix. Yeah. So if yeah. you if you yeah. are in search of healing mm-hmm. or growth or you know you want to be a better painter or you want to be a better writer, you 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 know commit and. And it and yeah, it'll be there. Gotta work. And it yep. takes work. That's yeah, what it, that yeah. it is. It's commitment and work. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And perseverance. Yeah. Right. Perseverance and I think is, is also very key. Exactly. And so of course what keeps one in that state of perseverance is the commitment. That's what we you know, that's that's the vehicle on which we ride the path of perseverance. And um, the, yeah. it's a very weird kind of fundamental thing that I'm, I'm always shocked when people say, what do you mean? Or, oh, no, I don't really want to commit to that, but I want this. Like, oh, well, 
I don't know how you have one out there. It never works for me. That's what I know. <laughs> so, uh, when you when you started back in two th- year two thousand, um, yes, to put together your film, mm-hmm. how did you find all the healers from all over the world? You know, how did you go yeah, about I, that? Well, I, I do admit that I started with a vision board. And I, at that point, I only had ideas, you know, Denise, where I just thought, well, you know, I would like to see, I did some research and read some articles, so I just started there. Um, and, and then I would just, you know, write emails and call people and ask, you know, if, if are there healers in this community? Um, is there anybody who would let me talk to them? And and I really mm-hmm. simply, I really simply followed the doors that opened. So wow. it was it was this blend of committing to wanting to do this project, but then also surrendering to what opens up. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of wanted to underscore that too, that commitment doesn't mean you hold tight and you, you don't let anything else in. It doesn't mean this kind of stubbornness. I mean, of course, there is a, a bit of that. I am stubborn. But but it really means this, this, <laughs> this commitment to this this mission or this desired experience or this desired um, sure. You know, outcome, and then surrendering to what is going to support that, or what could be better than that that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Well, Marie Rhodes, what? Um, um, I guess my question to you is, um, you know, there's so much, there's so much more than what we can actually see with our eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, relative to to you know spirituality and healing and um what have you experienced yourself that you could share with our listeners um and and put it in a, in a framework that that would be very impactful to them regarding um these sort of um, um, it's kind of like metaphysical, isn't it? This metaphysical mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes, that has a physical expression. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, well, I think when I first started exploring these things, it, they felt kind of out of this world, you know, and ooh, mm-hmm. so mystical. And of course, you know, the the beauty of the mystical things that that are uh, happening in the world and in the cosmos is beautiful and and should be uh, admired. But the, but I think through this journey, I I realize that it's not so far out. You know, the possibilities, the healing. Um, and and when I I I didn't really want to become a healer, as I stated very clearly in my book and my film. <laughs> I was yeah, a reluctant right. healer. Um, but when I did answer the calling to do that kind of work, I will tell you, Denise, that every person that I worked with was a miracle. I mean, I can, I would continue to be surprised with every session. It was never like, oh, ho-hum, you know, here I am working on, you know, someone else's broken heart, or ho-hum, working on someone else's tumor, or, you know, oh, yon-yon, this is so boring, mm-hmm. someone's about to understand what abundance means. It, Every time, every day that I worked with someone, it was it was miraculous, um, and and 
and I guess what you would say is it it works, you know. So what more evidence yeah. do people need? I I you know I, maybe scientifically I couldn't explain it in in any kind of dissertation. I only had the evidence and the feedback and the experiences that I myself had or the experiences of the people that 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 would collaborate with me in their own healing. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm answering your question. I think I think no, that, uh, I think that that's. It, it, it was it's a, it was a difficult question for even me to to get out, you know, because yeah. it, it um you know when you talk about tangibles and intangibles, that's kind yeah. of where it falls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, one of the stories I do share, and uh, you know, I had a neighbor who was very very skeptical. Um, he was a Western medicine physician who had been diagnosed with brain cancer, uh, brain tumor. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and so because he, you know, knew someone that was close to me who had benefited from my work, he he felt, well, I have nothing to lose, right? And um, mm-hmm. and so I said, that's fair, <laughs> you know, he, you don't have to believe anything, but I'm willing to work with you if you want that. And and he asked, um, and so I said, well, you know, like just just think of it like you're going to go see a movie, and you know, when we see movies, we suspend our disbelief for two hours, you know. We mm-hmm. we say, oh yeah, that 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 guy jumped off that building and didn't break his legs. We we're okay with it. So for me, if the <laughs> client can suspend their disbelief for the amount of time that we spend together, it really actually aids in removing any barriers, right? It doesn't mean you have to drink early. You don't, it doesn't mean you have to say yay, kumbaya. All it means is, hey, how about if you just open the door, like just remove uh-huh, the lock, uh-huh. and that'll help me uh-huh. out to help you. Um, and uh-huh. it's such a beautiful story because he could not do any more radiation and chemo therapy, and Ugh. so that's another reason why he was moved to work with me. Because basically, you know, it's 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 not contraindicated right. for anything the energy work that I was doing at the time. Um, and then six weeks later, they did you know they did another scan of his brain, and his wife called me. She's like, I can't believe it. You know, the the tumor has been reduced by two thirds, and well, you know, it may not seem like a lot, but for someone who has a tumor in their head, a two-thirds shrinkage of the tumor was quite significant. Um, Extremely. And this was another, yeah, and, and this is another case where very tangible, very physical, um, you know, evidence-based. But of course, we could mm-hmm. say it may or may mm-hmm. not have been what happened, but mm-hmm. he was convinced, as was his wife after that, and so um, so even even for me to work with someone and go in without any um, any kind of planned outcome for them except to be of service um to have mm-hmm. that kind of experience was mind blowing for me too you know um oh my gosh it, it, no matter what i've been exposed to denise to this day all that stuff is very miraculous to me i still mm-hmm. have a sense of mm-hmm. wonder about it a sense of mm-hmm. awe that wow we we have so many more tools available than we think. Yes. We are so yes. much more powerful and empowered yes. than we think. Um, and we hear oh. this a lot, right? And and mm-hmm. we're all saying, yay, mm-hmm. rah, rah. But when you have um, the feedback loop that, indeed, this is happening, um, it's it's a pretty, it makes life, it makes life, I guess, more joyful for me. So that even if mm-hmm. I'm going through a difficult time or, you know, I'm having physical pain or, you know, I've suffered a loss. One of the people I love has, you know, changed address, as the Hawaiians mm-hmm. say. You know, we lose somebody. Those things are painful. Mm-hmm. You know, the spiritual path isn't about 
making you immune or impervious to those things. Um, right. But it gives me a sense of grace to be able to mm-hmm. hold these experiences in a different way. Beautifully put. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the truth. That's all. I know. I I just I'm so appreciative. Feel so blessed. And I think um, that that that's part of why I also wanted to share these beautiful stories through the book and through the film because um, oh you know if pe- if people are open to it, there are healing transmissions between those pages. Healing transmissions in the film. Um, and it was just a fun idea that that I thought we could do when I talked with the healers and the spiritual teachers, but I didn't know if it would really work in actuality. Um, mm-hmm. And every time I've screened the film and people have told me without my asking uh, that they feel an energy uh, of healing coming out of the book or coming out of the film for them. So that was just such a nice extra bonus for me oh my to get gosh. that kind of feedback. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, well, I, I think so. I think that um, th- this is a great place for for us to um, for you to tell the listeners where they can purchase your book and how would one go about seeing Talking Story? Oh, thank you so much. Well, if you go to my website, talkingstorybook.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, at that one site, TalkingStoryBook.com, you can find links to the book. You can find links to the DVD. Uh, you can find events where I'll be doing uh, a few events in the Boulder, Denver, and Santa Fe area in August. Um, oh, you can oh, also oh, go great. to your local bookstore. Um, okay. So it, it's carried in local bookstores if people want to support their indie bookstores, but it, it's also on Amazon. So, um, But all that information is on my website, so you don't have to go all over the place. <laughs> Okay, and so so it's www.talkingstorybook.com. Yep, yep. And all my social media links are there too. Yeah, so, you know, um, come see me on Facebook. I like that. I love interacting with with my readers and my viewers. Well, I'm definitely going to – I definitely need to see your – your film, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. That's going to be on the top yeah, of my list. I'd love, I'd love to hear back from you afterward. Okay. All right. <laughs> you definitely will. Well, thank All you right. so much, Marie Rose Fonley. And thank you, um, I wish you continued success in your work thank and you. in your in your journey. I really, really you do. As well. You as well. Thank Take you so care. much for what you're doing to support healing okay. in the world. Okay. okay. Bye. Well, listeners, that concludes our show for today. Please um, join us again next Wednesday. We will be so excited to have you uh, listen in to this show, share it with your friends. Um, This show will go into um, podcast. You can find it on iTunes and listen to it as well. Thank you and bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? 
www.thegodcancerbook.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, God Cancer, Now What? 